Grace and Mercy Family Ministries presents This Is Your Season with Senior Pastor Donald L. Watson. And now for today's message. And, and, and God, God is, he is so amazing. And, 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 and Paul wanted you to, to look at this and begin to compare the Israelites to, to the Corinthian church just to let you know that, that, that you can't be overconfident. And even though the Israelites were, were one way, it, 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 in verse 5 he says, he, and, and, and nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. And their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Paul brings to our attention that he gives us two examples. And in and, and verse 6 he gives us an example. And then in verse 11 he gives another example. In verse 6, he says, now, now these things occurred as an example. So, so how did he start this out? He starts this out uh, for, I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, my brothers and sisters. And, and, and so he didn't want you to be ignorant of it, so he had to bring it back to where we can understand it. And then he turns around and says, now these things occurred as an example. To keep us from setting our hearts on the evil things that they did. To keep us from setting our hearts on the evil things that the Israelites did. So he, he wanted us to, to, to understand that, that as you're reading this, as you're going through this, this is an example of what not to do. That's what this is. Then in verse 7 he says, do not be idlers. As some of them were. So, 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 so let, let, let's, let's dive into that just a little bit. So let's go over to uh, um, Exodus chapter 32, verse 6. Yeah, I'm turning pages to Exodus chapter 2, 32, verse 6. And see, verse 6 is a reference to what was going on over in, in Corinthians. And, and I didn't read that whole verse, but it said, afterwards they sat down and ate and drank and got up and indulged and reverently. So, 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 so they ate and drank and they got up and indulged and reverently. Well, well, well Pastor, what, what, what are we really talking about here? See, because the Corinthians, they believe in paganism. They, they, they came out of worshiping idols. They came out of doing sacrifices. They came out of all of that. God brought them all out of that. Just tell you that there's only one true God. So, so he goes, so Paul uses uh, the scriptures to prove his point. So in, in Exodus 32, if you look up there, verse 1, it says, When the people saw that Moses was so long from coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, Come and make us gods who will uh, be before us as the, fel- as the fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt. We don't know what happened to him. What happens to us when, when, when we think that God is not listening? What happened to us when, when, when we are wanting to know, God, God, I've been looking for you, but don't seem like you answered my prayer. God, I've been begging for you, but God doesn't seem like you're right there with me. God, I'm going through something right now. Can you help me? And it seems like he's not there. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And, and they said, Aaron, Aaron said to them, take off the gold earrings that your wives and your sons and your daughter are wearing and bring them to me. So, so all the people took off their earrings and, and brought them to Aaron. And, and, and he took them uh, I mean, that, that, that they gave to him. And he made an idol cast in the shape of a calf. 
He's going back to Egypt. Because when they were in Egypt, they had idols that they worship. Here is God delivered you from that. Brought you out to where he, you only have one true God. Because you don't see God in your life. You want to go back to Egypt. You want to go back to that drug. You want to go back to that club. You, you want to go back to those things that, that God has brought you out of. And, and, and I, 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 was, I was thinking, because uh, that was a, another part of this, but it, it was the point of you want to go back and bow down to the toilet. And you said, why would, why would I want to bow down to the toilet? Y'all ain't been saved that long that you don't know what it's like to overdrink. And you get up and you have to throw up and you go and you kneel down before that. Possible that, that little toilet thing. So so don't 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 look at me like I'm crazy because I've been there too. But but they, they but they went and made uh, 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 an item so they could come out and and they could start worshiping it. Now 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 here now, now here here's what I thought was was interesting. Verse four. He said he he took what they handed him and he made a cast iron in the shape of a calf. With a fashion tune. Then they said, it was a point. They said, these are gods, Israel, who brought us out of Egypt. Wait, wait, wait a minute. How can they say this calf that they just made brought them out of Egypt? Maybe, maybe I, I maybe I read it wrong. Maybe I wasn't understanding it. But, but how can a calf that wasn't made yet, and you're going to worship it and say, this calf brought me out of Egypt. Something ain't clicking somewhere. And they went to a oh, verse five. And then they turned around and they went to Aaron, uh, Aaron and said, and he said, I'm going to build an altar in front of this calf. And tomorrow we're going to have a festival and we're going to have a feast to the Lord. And the next day they all rose up early with burnt sacrifices and, and, and an offering uh, uh, a fellowship offering, and, and 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 if we actually dig down into that, some of those were were flesh offerings, and I don't mean all of them were animals. Some of them was your children that they were offering up. They went back to where they came from. They went back, and then it says after that they all sat down, uh, um, ate, drank, and got up and began to party. And they were having a party, and they were doing all kinds of crazy things in the party. The, the Bible kind of kind of keeps this on a clean side. But as they were partying, as they were reveling, they, they, their clothes came off. They, they found themselves with other people's spouses. They found themselves with men and men and, and women and women. But they found themselves, call themselves celebrating. I'm celebrating. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I better not go all the way in there because, because maybe, that, maybe that was just for me. I, 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 I just looked at this and said, oh, my Lord, what was going on here? Because back to Corinthians, uh, back in that seventh verse, he says, don't be idlers, because uh, as some of them were, as it was written, but the people sat down and ate and drank and got up and, and, and reverence. And, 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 and so he showed you where that was at. He showed you what they were doing. And then he goes over into verse eight. He says, and we should not commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And then, and one day, 23,000 of them died. Let, let, let's take a quick look at that. Let, let's take, so let's, let's, let's go to uh, Numbers chapter 25. Am, am I losing anybody? Numbers chapter 25. <laughs> and, and, 
And, and oh Lord, help us. You know, uh, I say help us because this 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 was uh, an interesting story. And, and and looking at verse one, it says, while they were staying in Shechem, the men began to indulge and sexual immorality with the Moabite women. Now, now, before that, Moses told them not to get involved with foreign women. Why? Verse 2, who would invite them to sacrifice to their gods. And the people ate the sacrificial meal with a bowl before these gods. So now they don't went away from the true and only God. And they're sitting with the Moabite women who they was told not to go with. And now they're eating and sacrificing to the Moabite, the Moabite gods. Y'all follow me with that? And, and, and verse 3 says, and so the Israel, Israel yoked themselves to Baal PR. And the Lord angered, burned against them. Because they, they sat down and they began to indulge and a sexual immorality with these foreign women. Verse 4. The Lord said to Moses, Take all the leaders of these people, kill them, and expose them in broad daylight before the Lord, so that the Lord's fierce anger may turn away from Israel. Take all the leaders of these men, because they came from your family, or they came from, 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 from inside your clan. And, and, and as you take them, take the leaders and kill them and make an example of them. As they take the leaders and they made an example of them, uh, 1,000 of them. And, and, and you were like, wow, that's kind of harsh. But the Lord has to clean the church. The Lord can't allow sin to continue to grow because if it grows, it'll grow and it'll grow and it'll grow. And folks will be doing all kinds of crazy stuff within the house. So he had to clean house. He started with the leaders. Amen. So, so, so uh, I don't know if I want to read this, but, 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 but down in, 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 in um, verse seven. No, verse six. Verse six. Now, because we know that he's told all the, <laughs> he told to kill all the leaders. Imagine you walk into the camp. People are wailing and crying and booing. Folks are dead. They're stuck up on sticks or they're being hung. Uh, thousands of people. And here you come with a woman on your arm, like you don't see anything going on, and going into the tents of meetings, and you begin to indulge yourself with that person. They said Aaron's son, grandson, got a spear and went in the tent of meetings behind them and stabbed them, went through him and through her. Folks would do some crazy stuff in the church. The tent of meeting was actually where they went to worship. They were so caught up in their sin that they didn't see no wrong of going inside the house of worship to do something they know they shouldn't be doing. And they said that they walked by Moses and Moses saw them. So they walked by the pastor. I could only imagine the look that was on his face where one of the, the one of the other guys said, Ooh, look at them. I don't believe they're doing that. Give me that spear. Let me, let me go in here. And they said, when he claimed, when, when he put the spear through them, that stopped the play. Folks who get so caught up in their sin. They can take something that is holy and don't even see how holy it is and begin to do something within the house of God that they know they shouldn't be doing. Folks go in the basement just to get high. I sat in enough meetings and I heard enough to realize that, that it doesn't matter where you at. If you want to get your, your high on, you're going to get it. But here they are. And, and, and I've been in enough places to know that some folks don't care where they are 
as they want to get their groove on, because there's kids in here, they're going to get their groove on, whether in the back pew or in the basement. They don't care because the sin has unblinded them to where their truth, they think it's true. They think they're doing the right thing. They don't think they're bothering anybody. But how many people you know, this is the house of the Lord. You can't come in here any old kind of way and do any old kind of thing and think God is not going to react. This house is holy. The tent of meetings was holy. Oh my God, oh my God. I, I, I hope I ain't scaring nobody, but, but, but I hope you, you're, you're understanding where I'm coming from. And, and then drop down to verse number nine. And verse number nine says, but those who died of the plague was 24,000. Amen? Y'all see that? Now go back over to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. When you go back over to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and you go down to, the, to, to uh, what did I leave off? Do I hear that sound effect? They said 23,000, 24,000. No, 23,000 was killed in one day. So if it tells you 23,000 was killed in one day, right? Then, then how does the Old Testament say, 24,000. Because the 1,000, when you've been looking to the commentaries, the 1,000 was the leaders. So they killed the leaders the day before they killed 23,000 people. They cleaned the house. So Paul said, I'm only giving you this as an example. This, 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 if you continue to go this way, God's got to clean up somewhere. This, so so this, is just, this is just an example. An example of what God wants to do with us. Amen. No wonder I couldn't find. That was in the wrong chapter. Amen. Amen. So, 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 so. Now, verse nine says we should not test Christ as some did. Some of us still test Christ, and 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 and, and when we tested him, you know, let me let me let me bring it this way. And then I go back to the scripture. He says, bring ye all the tithes in the storehouse, and I will open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you shall not have room enough to receive it. He also said, try me, test me. He tells you to test them there. But the problem we have with some folks is I paid my tithes last week. I paid my tithes this week, and God didn't do nothing for me. I'm expecting that when I pay my tithes, I'm expecting to get an immediate blessing. If it doesn't happen right now, then God is not what he say he is. God said, don't test me. If God said he's going to bless you, it's going to come. Amen? So, so in verse 9, now, now here's where Paul went. Uh, Paul went to uh, Numbers chapter 21. So, and, and, oh, okay, I hear Chris. Chris must, Chris must have found it already. Yeah. So, so, so here he is in chapter 21, verse 4, traveling through Mono or Avor along the road, a route of the Red Sea and going around Edom. But the people grew impatient on the way. They spoke against God and they spoke against Moses. Oh, Lord, wait a minute. Hold it. Hold it. Moses, Moses is, is the leader. Moses is the pastor. So, so they spoke against God and they spoke against the leader? Oh, and did I read that right? Did I read that right? Is y'all seeing the connection there? And then they turn around and say, why did you bring us out of Egypt? And you brought us over here to Portland so we could die? What? what why? And it goes on and says, why? We have no bread. There was no water. And we detest this miserable food. You were getting food from heaven. You were getting manna to eat. And yet you're, you're complaining? You're running to, to God and saying, why? When you wanted meat, he gave you so much meat, it was coming out your ears. When you wanted water, he had a rock following you around to give you water. And yet you're still complaining? He meets your daily needs. And because he's meeting your daily needs, why did you bring me out of Egypt? Why did you bring me over here so I could die? 
Folks just began to complain. As they were complaining, they were complaining to, to the pastor. They were complaining to God. And it was just like, as the complaining kept going on, God says, wait a minute. He goes, I had enough of this. I had enough of this complaining. So in verse 6, the Lord sent venomous snakes. And the snakes bit them. And as the snakes were buying them, they, they begin to die. Now, 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 you can, you can agree me with this one. And, 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 and. And, and I'm going to tell you, Moses is a better man than me. Because, because in verse 7, I think it's verse 7, you know, you know, you, the people realized that they were dying. They go running to Moses. I was just talking about you in verse 5. I was just cussing you out in verse 5. Now in verse 7, I need you to pray for me. I, I, I need you to pray for me, Pastor. Because if I get bit by the snake, I'm going to die. And, and. And the man of God, because he's a man of God, prays for them. As he prays for them, God gives him what he needs to do. I'll make a brass snake and put it up on a pole. And said, if anybody looks up at that, they'll be healed. You were just talking about the man. Why did he bring you out here to die? And now you need him. Amen? So, so, so Paul, is just, Paul is just making examples. He's just trying to let us know, let's not go the way the Israelites went. Let, let's not do that. Let, let's, let's be careful of what we say and how we say it and how we go about it. Amen? Am I making sense to anybody? Because I, I, I don't want you to walk out here and say I'm confused. And then, and then he, and I'm going to throw verse 10 in there too. He said, uh, back in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 10, he says, and do not grumble as some of them did. And they were killed by the destroying angel. Most of us know who that destroying angel was during the Passover season. They said, paint the, paint the blood of the uh, blood over your doorstep, and the angel will pass over, the deaf angel will pass over. When you begin to grumble, and you begin to talk against God, that you're releasing that deaf angel to come to your house. And, 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 and once you realize that what you've been doing, you're going to get down on your knees and begin to ask God to forgive you. And, and, and guess what? And it has to come from God, because you know, I, I'll repeat what he said this morning. I got no heaven and hell to put you in. And then, and then what you think you're doing behind closed doors and you think don't nobody see it and don't nobody know about it, God sees everything. He said, if you make your bed in heaven, I am there. If you make your bed in hell, I am there too. And you behind closed doors, guess what? I'm there too. And, and, and what you do in the dark will come to light. But, 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 but these are just examples that, that's all Paul wanted us to see. These were just examples of, of, of what we should not do. But if we're, but if we're so confident, verse 12, if you think you're standing uh, so firm, be careful not to fall. You got to be careful not to fall. You know, uh, uh, he, says, he says in verse 13, wow, we got some good news. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. That is deep. No temptation can overtake you except for what is common to mankind. So what is in your imagination? What, what, what is in your heart? What, what is it that you're, you're holding on to that you have not got rid of that could cause you to go into temptation? Uh, 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 I, 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 I like using me as an example. You know, sometimes I go, I go to weddings and, 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 and it's not always a Christian wedding that I go to. But, but when it ends up happening, I'll find myself, my feet start, next thing I know, my head's bopping. And then I'll be like, man, I used to love to dance. I need to get on the dance floor. And then next thing you know, I'm ready to get, one thing leads to another. 
Then I want to get on the dance floor. As I'm getting on the dance floor, now I'm hot. I want something to drink. And Bacardi sure sounds good right about now. I used to love me some Bacardi and Coke. I could taste it right now. And, 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 and I, I, got, I just got to have it and not realizing that once I have that Bacardi, once I take that next step in the sand, now I begin to look around the room. I see somebody looking at me. And when I see somebody looking at me, guess what? Now I want to go over and say hi. And, and I forgot what show we were watching one night. And the guy said, you want to go out and have coffee? And they had some coffee, all right. But, but, but one thing can lead to another. And that's how we fall into temptation. And, and he said, but he said, he said, he said, be careful that you don't fall. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will always provide a way out, a way of escape so that you can endure. Sometimes when he makes that way of escape, it's up to you to take it. If you decide you want to stay in it, that's your decision. But God will always give you a way out of that temptation. Sometimes he just tell you to change your thought. Sometimes you might need to read your Bible. Sometimes you might get in, you might get in prayer. Sometimes you might need to read in a, in an inspirational book. Sometimes you might need to make a phone call. But God would always provide a way of escape if you want to take it. That's why he gave you free wills. He he said he said here 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 you are. How bad is that temptation on you? How bad? How how bad do you want to smoke that crack? How how bad? Because here I am, I'm giving you a way out. You call this person. You call that person. You get a second thought that's going on in your head. Begin to do something else. Just start to praise me if nothing else. Start thinking about how good I am. Start thinking about where you was last night and where you are today. Start thinking about how you had nothing and now you got a little something. Start thinking about how I gave you a roof over your head and put a little money in your pocket. Start thinking about all the goodness that I have done. Oh my God. Oh my God. And, and when you begin to do that, that temptation has a way of escape. That temptation has a way of leaving you because now you remember how good God is. See, see, see. See, I, I, I'm just trying to help you. And, and, and when I read this, I said, I said, oh, my God, Paul was deep in this. And because Paul was deep in this, he was trying to help the Corinthian church to get right. And, and as he's trying to help the church to get right, he said, these are examples. And sometimes when we sit down to read the word, we read right through what the, what the message is. So I wanted to bring the message to you today. What God is saying, do not be overconfident in your walk. You can't go every place. You can't do everything. You can't be where you think you need to go. Oh, you think you can go. I'm just, I'm, I'm just telling you because, because anything can happen. But you got to realize that you're weak without God. And with God, you can make it through. You can make it through. See, 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 my, 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 my sister and, and, and my brother-in-law, uh, they used to be strung out on crack for a long time. And they turned around and said, you know, we could go in a crack house and pull somebody out. And I look at them and I go, I don't believe you. Because I know once you hit, you smell that smell and it gets up into your nose. If you stay in there long enough, not, not only will you get a buzz, but you're going to want to do it too. So they might go in and pull somebody out, but they're not staying in there long enough for it to take effect. And I'm not telling anybody in here to go do that. 
But I am telling you, don't, you need to be careful. You are saved by God, saved by grace. And because you're saved by grace, we walk by grace. We, we walk by, by faith, not by sight. And then God has things for us that we need to do. But we need to be able, oh Lord, help us. Here's what happens when you fall. You're still saved. You just feel cut off. You feel cut off. And guess what? Now you're not doing what God called you to do. God doesn't want you to do that. God needs you to continue doing what he calls you to do. He needs you to continue to put your hands to the plow. Continue to move forward. He don't want you to be cut off. That's why he's giving us these examples. That's why he's letting you know when temptation comes upon you, he goes, I'm going to let you out of this. I need you. I need you to continue in service. I need you to continue to lift somebody. Oh, my God. You ever talk to somebody? I'm way off now. I'm, I'm done. You ever talk to somebody? But as you were talking to them, you were lusting after them. I mean, I mean, you were lusting after them. You, you don't had this person. Yeah. And then you see them a month later and they're safe and they're saved. And you go, oh, my God, I missed my assignment. That was you who was supposed to lead that person to Christ. But because you had the wrong thought, thinking the wrong thing, luckily God has more than one person that can come by. And next thing you know, the person that you that you were thinking those thoughts of is up in the pulpit preaching, and you're trying to say, oh, Lord, did I really miss my assignment? Let's be careful, because God placed people in our paths, and we have a word for them. But if our mind, what verse was that? What verse was that? That was that was that was, uh, uh, that was that was verse six. If we keep setting our hearts on evil things as they did, let's not do that. Let's continue looking to see what God has in store, not only for me but for the person that I'm talking to. Because it's not about you; it's about the kingdom. And God only gave us these things as an example. And 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 trust me, I know half of y'all don't read the way I read. Some of y'all read better than me, and that's okay. But, but if you don't learn how to dissect the word, you're missing something. You're missing something. And then you go, Damien, get up, or one of us get up, and you go, how do they know so much? We sit down and we study the word. Because when you call us in the middle of the night, pastor, I got a problem. Guess what you need? A word. Every time Satan tempted Jesus, what did Jesus give him? A word. And if Jesus has to give Satan a word, what do you think you got to do? In order to give that word, guess what? You got to be in the word. Amen? Because if you ain't in it, you can't give him nothing. And he's going to take and twist you all up. And then pastor, pastor, pastor. Ain't no pastor. Uh, yeah, I think I covered everything in my notes. Yeah. So y'all forgive me because I really did very little notes this time. So y'all forgive me. A lot of this comes from my heart. So let us all stand. You know, I've been in, in services where if the people are not jumping and screaming, and hollering then they say that wasn't a good message because it didn't get the people jumping sometimes i want you to jump but there's sometimes i need you to learn i need to put enough word in you that you'll go back and begin to look at it for yourself i left out some stuff and then you know and and you go back and take your time and read through it and say lord help these people and help me not to fall. We're just like them. God blesses you with one thing. You're satisfied with it for a moment. And next thing you know, you're right back complaining again. Lord, I need this. Lord, I need that. And he blesses you with it. You're satisfied with it for a moment. And then you're right back again. There's no difference between the Israelites 
and the Christians of today. And a lot of churches are running rapid because they don't want to clean the sin up. And if you don't clean the sin up, it just takes over your congregation. Then everything is good. You can do everything and anything you want to do. But God holds that pastor accountable. God will hold me accountable over each and every one of you here. And some of you who are not here. Your blood is on my hands. To the point where I have to make sure I'm giving you what does say of the Lord. And how to live. This Christian life, some people say is hard. It's hard because you keep thinking of Egypt. Because you keep thinking you want to go back. But if you begin to look at what God is doing for you and how God has opened up ways for you, how God is moving you in a different direction, how you're seeing life more on a positive level than a negative level, you got to come from out from some of those people that you've been hanging around with. You got to get with folks that, that have something going on, something positive. Something that can help you get to that next level. You've been listening to Senior Pastor Donald L. Watson of Grace and Mercy Family Ministries, located in Portland, Connecticut. If you'd like to learn more about us, visit our website at gracemercyministries.com. You can also find us on Facebook, YouTube, and download our app by texting GMFM to the following number, 54244. By doing so, you can stay connected and stay informed. And we'd love to hear from you. Until next time, may God continue to bless you.